Hello, welcome to the AC Visions Family Talk Podcast. I'm your host, AC. Here is where we discuss all things faith and family. I share real life stories of home life as a wife, a mother of five, home educator, and all the learning curves my family and I are journeying through. As you can imagine, we're in a busy season and I got a lot to share. The goal? Getting back to the basics of raising strong families. Let's talk about it. This is season one, episode two, entitled Go With the Homeschool Flow. In today's episode, I want to share our Clark Family Homeschool, or shall I say, road school experience. Around the holiday season 2022, I packed our four little mocha chocolate girls in a car and decided to go on a 50 state road school adventure. It was part of our 2022-2023 school year. The backseat of our ride turned into a classroom, y'all. I'm going to share why we did it, how we did it, and much more. Before we jump into the segment, let's start the episode with some AC pearls. The Armor of God, Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist on the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having built at your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having strapped on your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When our oldest child and only son was around six years old, I taught him a fun way to remember the armor of God based on the head, shoulders, knees, and toes movements. Place your hands on your head. That's the helmet of salvation. Cross your arms across your chest like Wakanda forever. That's the breastplate of righteousness. Hands on your hips. That's the belt of truth. Now touch your toes. That's the preparation of the gospel of peace. Pretend you're a warrior and with your forearm, shield your body from a flaming arrow. That's the shield of faith. With your dominant hand, reach down and across your body and grab your invisible sword. Unsheath your sword and hold it up in the air as dramatically as you can. That's the sword of the spirit. Now, I went through these movements with my son at least three or four times before it became a competition of who can do it the most dramatically. Helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the gospel of peace, and the sword of the spirit. Now, as you can imagine, with Micaiah at that age, age six, it was... it. it, He wanted to do it over and over again, like everywhere. And I loved it because he was into it and we made it like dramatic and it was just a fun game for us. 
He was hooked. Everywhere we went, all I'd have to say is, hey, Kaya, you got your armor? And he would be eager to go through the motions, every time making it more and more dramatic. It became an unspoken competition of who can deliver the most epic and dramatic rendition of the armor of God. Fast forward 10 years, I do the same thing with my little mocha chocolate girls. If we're driving in the car, all I have to say is, hey girls, who has their armor on? The girls would abrupt with, no, me, 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 I got it, I got it, I can do it, me first, me first, me first. One at a time, they'd go through the movements. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the gospel of peace, and the sword of the spirit. It cracks me up every time. Occasionally, they'll ask mommy, Mommy, do you know your armor? <laughs> as pretty much, they're pretty much asking me, can you do it as dramatic as we do it? And then, of course, I have to turn into a six-year-old girl and muster up this playful spirit and prove to them I am the queen of drama. <laughs> I will give the most awe-inspiring, dramatic car performance of my life. Safely, of course. In those moments, I'm taken aback at how something that started over a decade ago, like I'm still able to teach and have fun with it with my girls as I did with Micaiah when he was six years old. When the grandbabies come around, I'm going to have at least two decades of practice under my belt. We're going to have a great time with that. AC Visions and our Clark Family Homeschool have similar visions as it pertains to faith and family. Hubby and I incorporated faith-based home training into our homeschool curriculum when we were in the research phase of putting our school together. There's a phrase I haven't heard in a long time, home training. Even before I met my husband with my son and I, it was very much an intentional thing to teach biblical literacy, character building, teaching emotional intelligence, and pointing out certain human behavior patterns through real world examples. Hubby and I have three viewpoint perspectives with most of our homeschool training. We teach our children what God says about a matter, what we think through the lens of our experiences in life, and what they're going to see in the streets. From there, they have... A, a basis to form their own perspective of the world through the experiences that they have yet to live. When our youngest daughter, Abigail, turned two years old, the sistership and our family dynamic transformed. I mean, the dynamic in our family notably shifted when the girls were two, three, and the twins were six years old. Baby girl turned into a little baby boss. The twins became more comfortable laying the law down with their younger siblings. The middle child was, well, the middle child, <laughs> just trying to survive with her twin older sisters and little boss baby. Everyone was at a stage where they could vocalize every emotion known to man. Overnight, they all just exploded with complaining and bickering, whining, crying, moods, and all the above. It got to a point where hubby stepped in and started telling them, hey, you're warriors. If they whine, he'd say, mm, nope, you're a mighty warrior. We don't whine. 
fussing and arguing. Nope. You're a mighty warrior. Work it out. Frustrated when they couldn't do things or were on the brink of crying. You're a mighty warrior. You can do it. He started that trend as early as 2019. When little Abigail was three years old, I saw her struggling to get her tennis shoes on one day. She was having a three-year-old fit, huffing and puffing, and I'm just watching in silence to see how she was going to figure it out. And then, all of a sudden, she had a visible aha moment. She took a breath, and no joke, she started talking to herself. She said, okay, I can do this. I'm a mighty warrior. <laughs> she said it just like Dada, but with, you know, her cute little baby voice, you know, like, I'm a mighty warrior. The moment, that moment just, just teared me up. It's like one of those moments that parents get that come few and far between where you're just like, yes, <laughs> they're, they're, it's sinking in, they're getting it and they're putting it into practice all on their own. Those affirming moments don't come often, but when they do, I savor it and I celebrate. It's the seeds of intentional parenting that you see starting to bear fruit. Here's the AC Pearl, Psalm 127, 3 through 5. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gates. We view all of our children very much like arrows. We understand that children ultimately do not belong to us. They belong to God. When our children were born, we gave them back to God through a dedication ceremony. It was to acknowledge that he's entrusting them to us as their earthly parents to love and nurture them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 4. One day they're going to be their own people with their own perspectives, thoughts, and views of the world. How we raise them is our contribution to society. Hubby and I are always mindful to do our due diligence in raising them in such a way that honors God, our family, their family one day, and themselves, of course. We're not put on this earth to be consumers and self-seeking leeches. Because they are like arrows in the hand of a warrior, Hubby and I are aiming to hit a specific target. And it is our sincere prayer that our aim is true. Let's be intentional parents with the investment and the gifts that God has given us. Whether you have children of your own or God puts children in your sphere of influence, do your due diligence and pour into this next generation. It's time for AC Talks. promise I want to give you a little backstory on why I packed up all my girls loaded up what we call our homeschool bus which is basically the big SUV and took them on an adventure around the country before I get into the events leading up to our road school adventure I want to share a little bit about the Clark family homeschool and what inspired us to become home educators in 2015, Hubby and I spent a year researching and educating ourselves on homeschool approaches, curriculums, and, and what to do and what not to do. We flew to a homeschool convention in Dallas, Texas, and let me tell you, it was enlightening. 
if you've never been to a homeschool convention, please go. I have to tell you, I've never seen so many children of different ages and in such a small space, just so well behaved. This was in Dallas, Texas around 2015, I believe. Everything ran so smoothly. The children behaved so well. It wasn't loud. It wasn't chaotic. It was just like, almost like I was in like the twilight zone or something. It was just awe inspiring. There had to been at least 200 children ages that ranged from two to the teenagers in attendance with their parents and caretakers. The kids were dressed well, they spoke well, and had excellent manners. That was one thing that really affirmed Hubby and I's decision to homeschool. Our year-long research helped us to formulate how we wanted to structure our homeschool, um, how we wanted to make it uniquely our own and just make sure it was true to what we believe, um, how we wanted to raise our children, and definitely that we could have fun uh, through, through it all. We established a mission and vision, core values, a motto, school colors, the works. We were essentially building a foundation for how we were going to raise our children, the children that we had and the children that were yet to be born for the next 18 years. Guess what our mascot is? We didn't adopt a mascot until after the fourth and final baby girl was born. Mind you, our son turned 16 the year uh, our last baby girl was born. So he was already one foot out the door ready to launch. So choosing a mascot for the Clark Family Homeschool was a no-brainer. Have you guessed what it is yet? Cue the drum rolls. A unicorn! (laughs) I'm not just talking about the mystical unicorn. I'm talking about something way cooler, a biblical unicorn. The first time I read about the biblical uniform, it completely blew my mind. Hubby and I were working through the Pentateuch. When we got to the book of Numbers, we read the passages that spoke on the unicorn. At first, I was like, wait, what am I reading? A unicorn? That made the book of Numbers really interesting that day. Naturally, we had to take the rabbit trail and do some digging through the Greek and the Hebrew and really understand the original meaning behind this word unicorn or this, this creature. When it came time to choose a mascot, I think I was more excited than the girls. I mean, hello, how many schools do you know have a unicorn as its mascot? I mean, sure, you may have some schools that have, you know, a cute little mystical mascot, but no, 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 no. Our Clark Family Homeschool has the biblical version of our mascot. So it's real, y'all. For those of you who don't know, I have a children's book series in the works. I'm hoping to drop the first book in the series, um, but I'll say safely by the summer 2023. Let's just, if it comes out sooner, I'll let you know. But all of my girls, their first names begins with the letter A. Their last name is Clark, so they're all AC girls. My initials are AC. In this children's book series, they have these cute Letterman jackets that I designed for them. And guess what's on the back of their Letterman jackets? Oh, yeah, our school mascot. The series is based on real-life family memories. And, yeah, be on the lookout for, for the release date. Okay, super cool. There's something you need to know about me. When I have an itch, I have to scratch it. 
every now and then I get these impulses to do something fun and to a lot of my friends and family, wild and crazy. Last year during the summer 2022, I created a curriculum for our our school year, for the 2022-2023 school year. I was pleased with it, but the closer I got to the start of the school year, I, I was not excited about it. There was something unsettled in my spirit. Um, I'm an avid believer that as an educator, it's important for me to be excited about what I'm teaching my girls. If I'm bored with the material, it's going to translate and project onto my children. The goal is to raise children who are life learners. It's almost impossible to fall in love with learning when the material is lacking. I got to bring the energy and the creativity. That's my challenge as a home educator. So it's August, 2022. I have a curriculum. It's all planned out. I've got the activities ready and it was good, but it, again, it was not exciting and it just kind of bothered me since June. I normally start the school year around the Labor Day weekend. Close to that time period, me and the girls, we were at home. I decided to break out the Chromebook so we can kind of get familiar with uh, the, the Jamboard, the Google Jamboard. The goal for math this year was for the girls to start with multi-digit addition. If they grasp the material, we can go as far as their little brains wanted me to carry them until the end of the school year. Right now, it is what, April 2023. They're, they're almost done mastering multi-digit multiplication, and I think we're going to be ready to start um, some division before the summer hits. We'll see. So we're playing with the camera on the Jamboard, the whiteboard, and all these features in the program. I'm sure the girls felt like something was bugging me because they're just like their mama. They kind of sense when I'm just like, meh, you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure the girls felt that something was bugging me. I wasn't being an Eeyore about the situation, but they could definitely tell mama wasn't excited. I'm normally like really like excited to jump into some material. My oldest daughter, Autumn, is just like her mama. She's sensitive to the energies of others and she'll almost adopt your problems as her own. I'm going to definitely have to work with her on that because I had to learn the hard way how to create boundaries as far as how much I allow the negative energies of people to affect me. Anyway, she's picking up on my lack of enthusiasm. She says, hey mom, why don't we do a homeschool video? It took me a minute to really kind of think through what she meant, but after, you know, it clicked, I was like, whoa, that's, that's a great idea. I definitely can get excited about that. Her twin sister, Alexis is the hype girl. When people get excited, here comes Alexis. She wants to hype up the volume. Alexis says, yeah, yeah, we can make a video and teach ourselves Spanish and math. And then here comes Afia, my five-year-old. She jumps in to give her approval of the situation. I love math and I love making videos. When the baby comes around, Abigail is a cheerleader. She's like, yeah, yeah, learning videos, yay. (laughs) If my girls bring ideas to the learning table and they're excited about it, I'm going for it. For the rest of the day, we spent all day just video recording our lessons going through flashcards. 
um, and just breaking down all the subjects that I had already planned and we videotaped it and I taught the girls gave their feedback and we made curriculum content. We did multi-digit addition. We went through the Spanish vocabulary cards. Uh, Afia worked through her phonics cards with just her, she and I, and a few other grade level videos. I learned a very valuable lesson that day. Go with the homeschool flow. I mean, I can spend an entire summer lesson planning and organizing activities, but guess what? If there's a better way, uh, a more fun way to do something, that's the goal. And I'm not afraid to adjust course when necessary. As a homeschool family, there's a pliability that has to happen when opportunities to enrich the learning experience presents itself. Family fun is very much a part of the curriculum, so we definitely have to be pliable. The best part of making curriculum videos with the girls was the layers of learning. A level of self-awareness is actualized through the process of creating their own learning content. It's so fascinating to watch. That led into a full production for them and improvised lesson plans for me on the power of reading and speaking well, how to present yourself professionally, uh, a courteousness when you're sharing a platform with someone and so on and so on. Layers of learning. Introduction to communication and media production were somewhat electives in our curriculum content that I didn't plan for that summer, but guess what? It kind of organically came about. The girls had to learn about lighting, camera angles, quality of sound, and other technical factors um, when we're producing video content. They gain insight into body language, verbal communication skills, and an awareness of how they present themselves. Afia is learning to read this year. We created a trial video going through her phonics cards. While recording, her sisters were uh, talking behind the camera. She had a little fit and said, you're being rude and messing up my video. Quiet on set. <laughs> that moment for me is why I love teaching at home. Afia is my passionate and sensitive baby. Like she's just and she, a little bit of a perfectionist, a lot like her dad. She just wants to get it right and nail it. Abigail is the baby and the most self-aware out of all the girls. She's got, that girl will get in a chair and look at you like, I've been ready. <laughs> I mean, she got in her chair that day and was ready to go with her alphabet and her number cards. Autumn was her executive assistant that flipped the cards for her behind the camera. Alexis operated the camera. They were all silently cheering for Abigail from behind the camera with thumbs up and silent claps. We incorporated our family Bible study into the video production. I normally read the girls a proverb a day and work through a chapter in whatever book we're studying. Why I didn't think of recording myself reading to them before and building a playlist, I have no idea. But as of April 2023, we have a healthy playlist of scripture readings chapter by chapter. Total game changer. Here are some benefits. The children get to watch mommy and daddy read to them. It frees me up to work on other priorities of our Clark Family Homeschool while they're engaged in the content that they created. And keep in mind, 
we don't spend hours and hours a day in front of a screen. Most of our learning is experiential. As day-to-day life presents these situations, we, we take them and we turn them into a learning lesson. Example, when we were at the Ashboro Zoo one day, there was a group of young adults. I'm going to assume they were young because I can't imagine 30, 30 or older something year olds behaving like this. But they were just screaming at each other and acting real ratchet. And I took that moment to step back and just quietly allow the girls to observe the chaos of it all. And then afterwards, we spent the next 15, 20 minutes just kind of talking about our behaviors in public and what's appropriate and what do they think about the situation. And, and, you know, they would say, oh, she was cursing and she's acting cray cray. And, (laughs) and, oh, that's not appropriate. You know, like life will present the lessons. I just have to repackage it and and make sure it's, um, you know, they get something out of it. So we don't have to spend that much time in front of a screen. Our content is essentially home videos and documenting our family adventures for the entire year. One of these days, I'm definitely going to create a compilation of all of our family videos into our version of a yearbook or an annual family newsletter. It's all around a win for the Clark Family Homeschool, our family fun, and growing in our faith as a unit. I'm excited at the thought of one day being able to look back on family videos and scroll through how the girls have grown over the years and maybe one day recycle the content and teach my grandbabies. If the technology doesn't change much, I won't have to recreate the wheel. If it does, um, at least I'll have a template to simply upgrade the experience. A final word concerning going with the homeschool flow. We were driving back from Raleigh after spending a full day of exploring and learning, and I just thought, I don't want to go home. I call it my Forrest Gump moment because I wanted to keep driving with no particular destination in mind. Just the thought of just driving to see where the road takes me. I had an itch that needed to be scratched. I wanted to take the kids on the road for some road school learning. If I didn't follow through with what I was feeling that day, it would have driven me crazy. Pineapple! We drove straight home and started to pack and make plans to hit the road. Within days of our scheduled departure, fear and worry started to seep in. It then turned into, because I was afraid, I had to do it. In hindsight, I'm glad I leaned into my fear and did the darn thing. And I'm grateful to hubby for entrusting me with our children and giving me his blessing. He had a contract in Seattle. He had to work. So I was solo for the majority of our trip. John F. Kennedy in his famous speech about putting a man on the moon said, we choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the things not because they are easy, but because they are hard. The backseat of our ride became a classroom. How did I do it? Creating video lessons was the perfect go-to method of instruction because I was going to be spending a lot of time behind the wheel driving. One could say it was right up my alley. Pineapple! We recorded our lessons for the week on Jamboard and pieced together other instructional YouTube playlists and just kind of put it into like a playlist. 
we created some other fun content um, that the girls wanted to do. They kind of presented the ideas. Uh, if it did, if it wasn't too time consuming, I'm like, sure, let's do it. And so we kind of packaged up uh, our our lesson plans, and I had a small bin of uh, essential manipulatives and all that that I put together. And yeah, that was it. We kept it real simple. The rest of the week, if we weren't um, creating content or reviewing content, it was spent mastering the material and enjoying our family adventure. The girls were required to complete these state informational packets I created each time we crossed over into a new state. There were lessons and experiences I didn't plan for, but that made the trip so much more interesting and worth it. Uh, As an example, we met the first female commanding officer of the USS Constitution in Boston. We stumbled upon the childhood home of George Washington Carver, which is, we were just driving. And my husband saw a sign and was just like, oh, oh, and he just pulled off. And it was kind of a rural area. And at first I was just like, hey, hey, what's going on? Where are you going? (laughs) And he was just like, oh, I just saw a sign for George Washington Carver's house. And yeah, I thought we'd like to go and see it. And I'm looking around like, um, okay, well, no, okay, well, how far did it say? <laughs> I don't like getting lost, and I don't like being lost in rural areas. I don't know. It's just a thing that I have. So we went mining for diamonds as a family in Arkansas right after Christmas. Uh, we hiked volcanoes in Hawaii and did a whole lesson plan on a blizzard when we got snowed in in Alaska. Parents educators layer the learning and go with the homeschool flow here's an AC pearl to wrap up the segment as we discover better ways to improve the quality of our homeschool and family dynamics lean in and engage with the opportunities life throws at us notice I didn't say if we discover better ways no 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 as we discover better ways to improve I have this radical idea that God designed us to be intelligent beings capable of self-actualizing. We're able to discover and learn new ways of doing things to improve our quality of living. Apply that to how we train up and teach this next generation. Stay pliable. Go with the homeschool flow. Fear, the unknown, the excuse that no one ever taught me or I'm not a teacher or whatever else we tell ourselves when we're challenged and we can't do a thing. It it can't be the, the driving factor for the decisions and the directions that we make in life. Go with the flow, people. All right, it's time for some Q&A from the ACV Family Mail. Question number one. What was your family dynamic growing up? Okay, hubby and I both came from big families. I come from a family of six. Hubby came from a family of seven. We are a family of seven. Both of our parents are still married. His parents recently celebrated their 40th uh, wedding anniversary. My parents have been married for about the same time. We're both the middle kids. I grew up in Asheville, North Carolina. Brandon is from upstate New York. Uh, middle-class families. Both of our dads are very hard workers. Hubby and I went to public schools and yeah, that's pretty much our upbringing as 80s babies. Question number two, 
what has your experience been as an interracial couple? Okay. Uh, we had different experiences. Uh, the first year was a shock for both of us, more so for hubby. He's from upstate New York, so he he wasn't used to getting the stank eye in public or people flat out voicing their disapproval of our family. Our son is African-American. I brought him into the marriage. Um, there were a few times uh, he'd say, hey, dad, and, you know, ask a question or say whatever he had to say. And people would shake their heads or randomly call us the N-word. Um, sadly, I become numb to that, that type of criticism. So it just kind of, eh, it doesn't affect me. It's like, meh. I let that stuff go and chalk it up to the ignorance of the generation. Um, hubby, he was really, it really affected him. Um, and he almost caught a case a couple times <laughs> as an army brat and being well-traveled with the U S Navy. I'm used to being around diversity. Even when I was in Germany, where I was born, the first time Brandon took me home in a, in upstate New York, it was a shock for me. He took me home to meet his family and we were driving through these rural parts of New York and I saw more cows than people. I asked him after like a few hours of driving, I didn't see any civilization. I'm like, yo, where are you taking me? <laughs> He'd say casually, oh, we're almost there. After like another hour and still seeing nothing but cows and very little people, I got nervous and started to wonder, where are you going to bury my body, buddy? <laughs> and um, the people, the demographics were kind of similar. There wasn't a lot of diversity. So stepping into each other's worlds were, it was definitely a culture shock for the both of us. Now we have four little mocha chocolate girls. We're a blended family. I'm sure there will be a situation where we'll have to sit the girls down and discuss some of the ugliness of the world. But for now, we're just happy with them just being kids and kind of free of that foolish energy and just let them be kids. It started off rough for Brad and I in our marriage. We definitely had our challenges, but I would say for the most part, pretty uneventful as far as, you know, us as an interracial couple. We just don't give that type of ugliness, you know, much energy. Question number three, how do I podcast with four little girls in the house? Well, right now it's about three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I podcast when my kids go to sleep. It started off. I started off in my car and because I'm bougie and it just wasn't comfortable, I decided to relocate to my bedroom. I do my admin work when I put the girls to sleep. And when I know that they're really, really asleep, I go to work on my podcast and I usually grind until um, hubby tells me I'm done or the sun comes up. And, you know, I have to say hubby is my support system. And he really champions and motivates me. If I'm working and I see the sun comes up, he'll take over the morning routine so I can sleep and recharge. Thank you, baby, for being my partner in business and in life. All 
right, folks, that concludes the conversation for today. I trust this podcast encourages you to continue the conversation in your family circle. If you'd like a transcript of this episode, you can find it on my website at www.acsvisions.com. Click on the ACV family page. There you'll also see the ACV family email to send in your questions for the Q&A segment of the podcast. As a reminder, episodes are published every Thursday. Be sure to follow me on social media platforms and sign up to be notified the moment a new episode drops. Thank you for listening to the AC Visions Family Talk Podcast. Until next time.